invited us. And then I'm upstairs by the DJ. Shit, I forget his name, but he produced a lot of shit for Big Sean and stuff. We're all talking. And then Obi comes up to me. He's like, yo, Adrian, man, let me tell you something. Luke, when I got a problem in the hood, I'm calling Luke, man, because he was he was gangster with me. You know, like when I was like calling him every name in the book and then blah, 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 blah. You, Luke held his ground. So he's like, yo, Luke, I'm bringing you to, I'm bringing you to, 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 to you know, next time I got shit in the streets. So. Hi, I'm Aaron and welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, where we explore, well, you guessed it, hip hop. I'll be interviewing the best artists in the game while also taking some time to appreciate some new and classic albums. Make sure you like and subscribe to the show and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for any upcoming news and guests. Also, don't forget to check out my new Patreon under Hip Hop Hustle that will give you exclusive content and help me keep the show running and getting better. All right, let's get into it. Awesome. All right, we're ready to go. Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. I've got uh, two fantastic artists on the show with me. Uh, it's the first time we've done two artists at the same time, but it would be a surprise if I did one at a time. It's 80 Empire. Uh, we've got Adrian and Lucas, obviously brothers as well, uh, which I personally love. I've got two brothers, so I love that that bond awesome. in general. Awesome. But yeah, a pleasure to have them on the show. They've done some amazing work. They've produced for a lot of artists. They've worked with a lot of artists personally. Some of my favorites, King Crooked. They've got Conway. They've got Benny the Butcher. They've got John Connor, who I interviewed on the show as well. The list goes on and on. And what I'm really impressed by is that you guys really don't stick to one particular style of music. You really bend in and out. Yeah, yeah. We like we like to experiment with different things and kind of like <clears throat> bridge you know, the love, like, you know, like even with this album, some of it's, you know, there's a lot of boom bap, but then there's some, some old school, like, like, you know, there's some, some trappy elements to some of the records. There's reggae. There's like some, some real kind of root stuff with hardcore. Uh, you know what I mean? So it's a, you know, and then there's like West coast flavor and East. So we, we kind of amalgamate all, all the loves that we have of hip hop uh, and kind of, you know, fuse it all into one album. Yeah. I mean, you guys did a fantastic job. Like I literally couldn't help but admire going from like a classic hip hop beat to a reggae track. And the first two tracks I've been obsessed with, literally I have just had them on repeat. They are That's just awesome, going man. on and on. And KRS-One features in the very first track of the album. How was that process of getting KRS on it? And like, I just imagine dream come true. It, it really was, man. We have to thank uh, Almighty 80. He calls himself the Almighty A&R Extraordinaire, um, uh, Mark Markup at M80. And he was he helped to broker the deal with this project for, for Fat Beats. But then he's like, hey, guys, man, do you, um, who is someone, you know, a dream person you'd want to get on? And we listed some names. He goes, would you want to get KRS-One? So... Luke, I'll let you continue the story after that, but it, uh, yeah, no, but and, it was just and, incredible for us. Well, it, it was a no brainer. We're like, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, so he's like, um, give me, give me, uh, I only, we only sent one beat. It was the beat we had. I just, we just said, you know what? We have this track that's kind of start the album with the, with like in your face, like, you know, 
uh, with somebody as iconic, especially with the album being called Anthems and Icons. We said, what, what better way to start the album, you know? And it was just like, it literally was like, here's the beat. And all we heard was, yo, yo, he, he, he loves it. Did the hook. And then Adrian did his verse. And then he came back with the, with his second verse to finish it off. So it was just the hook at first. And we were like, when we heard that, you know, da, 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 yeah. shit, we were like, we were just, we were literally jumping around the studio going, da, 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 da. like we were like, we were going nuts. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he fed off of that. And then we got the verse after the hook. Cause we added, you know, us in the background going da, 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 shit. like that classic kind of, you know what I mean? Hip hop, like that, that essence and, of boom bap. And when, when I heard KRS's verse, I'm like, I have to come up with something like I, it's gotta be really good. I can't half-ass it. And my, I, I don't want to get into too much details, but may I went into the, our whole family got COVID, but I actually went into the hospital with COVID and had a collapsed lung, pneumonia, blood clots, all these complications. So I still had a collapsed lung, but so that's why at the end, I'm like, even with the, uh, what do I say? Even with the collapsed lung, I am more magnificent. So I'm, I just like, it really, it sounds kind of cliche and funny, but it really was mind over matter. I'm like, I can't use this as a crutch right now and not deliver a verse when we have KRS one, the teacher. So I'm like, I found that strength, man. Literally, like I pulled it inside me. I'm like, I have to, I have to do this, man. Even though my lungs and my chest and everything is in pain. I mean, it was out of the hospital, but I still had that pain. I still, my voice was like this and I just found the will to do it, man. So yeah. yeah, and then we got and then we got DJ Clips to do the cuts, uh, and it, it just added that 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 last like element that we were looking for to kind of finish the track really nicely. So, well, man, I I mean, I'm surprised that anyone has to even ask, would you want KRS One? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I know. who if you're a hip hop head or like even if you're not even a hip hop head, you know what he what he's done for the genre, right. the industry. Like, I feel like. Absolutely. It's like KRS wants to do this or he's available, sign him up. There's no yeah. questions asked. Yeah, exactly. Uh, absolutely. absolutely. I'm like, yeah, that was kind of the thing. Like, do you even have to ask? You know what I mean? Uh, uh, kind of the not to jump, but the same kind of idea happened with Corrupt because we already had the MC8 verse and same same uh, cat M80 was like, yeah, he goes, you know, um, we could get like, let's get Corrupt on the album. And, and I said, well, I got, I got uh, a couple of tracks ideas we have. And I go, we have this one called Walk with the Giants with MCA. And he goes, well, why are you sending me the other two tracks? We already know what track he's going to want to jump on. The one called Walk with the Giants with, with MCA. Like, that's a no-brainer. So we sent it to him and he just came back with like a, like, woo! Like, you know, corrupts just like, and, and you can hear it in the track, like, Sort sort of cut you off. We like no, to no. cut each other off a lot. Aaron, we got to tell you this story because I think you'll like this little anecdotal story. So um, obviously we got the album cover, Anthems and Icons. Shout out to our to our brother, Matthew, Matt Smith, There Be Monsters, who does all of our artwork and stuff for, for uh, 80 Empire and Gladiator. But um, he sent us the, the, the cover of Walk with the Giants because the day that the album came out on, on all the uh, DSPs, Walk with the Giant, also came out as a single along with the album but we wanted you know we we're down to the wire like you know maybe like a week before 
or two weeks before rather two weeks before. and we have the artwork um and then so we send it to corrupt and, and they're like right away yo green light you know the thumbs up luke sends it to mc8 and i kid you not he emails lucas back and the email is gia that so so his trademark gia that's how he replied and then lucas and then uh lucas is like dope man okay so we're gonna put it on all the dsps and then he wrote back official so yeah it, it, like two to four <laughs> man even an email mc8 is the same cat He's on gangster. the street in an email it's you know on record yeah i'm like i'm i just went hey man here's the album work you know what do you think can we get your approval he goes gia i'm like dope sent back wicked man it comes out this day he goes straight official official i was like <laughs> I was like, yo, but, but, but that's hip hop, right? Like, Eric, you can appreciate, like, for us, that's why, those are the things why we love what we do and getting the love from legends like, like KRS and Corrupt and MC8 and Crooked Eye, like, like, this is why we do what we do because I get excited over a simple word. That means like, yo, I, I fucks with you. Like, yes, I, that shit's dope. So for us, when these guys have worked with their legends themselves, but I've also worked with legendary people like corrupt was in, I mean, the dog pound and Snoop and Dre. And, you know, uh, I say people who don't know hip hop, even if they don't know the name corrupt, all you got to say is Snoop dog. And they'll go, Oh, I know that song. Oh yeah. That, that song is great in the clubs. La da 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 da. Like, you know what I mean? So to get that kind of, that same kind of energy on walk with the giants to get KRS one where people are going, yo, this is like, prime krs this is like old krs like shit we love hearing him on on your track in 2021 that's what inspires us to keep keep writing music keep going keep doing this because we're we're like look look at us the music brought us three here today which is so cool to me this is cool this is hip-hop this yeah. is part of the culture which is wicked well to be honest, I, I love it. Like what I didn't realize before I started the podcast was how rappers actually are. Like there's a difference between there are some rappers who have a persona and they yeah. put on a bit of a show, but then when you speak to them, they're actually like normal people. And there are yeah. other rappers who are exactly who they are on stage. Yeah, exactly. And it's so interesting to see the difference between the two. Cause like, it's just, you just can't plan it. There are some rappers who are organized and on time and then others who are just exactly what you would think is they don't know what time is and they just yeah. rock up when they rock up. Like I interviewed Eric G and he's a fantastic producer, but he was literally like schedules fuck with my vibe. So I don't do schedules message me on the day. And so like, it was like, and I'm really scheduled. I hate that, but I was yeah. like, you know what? This is just the industry. You got to kind of live yeah, with it. Yeah. You have to learn to adapt. You have to learn to adapt. I know we, we've been like that too. Like, you know, like certain things, like a show is supposed to start, you know, at 10 o'clock and then we don't end up going on till one o'clock, you know? And it's just like, but we've learned to adapt. It's difficult because again, we're artists, but we're producers, you know? So we're used to kind of things. Okay. We got to submit this on time and, and blah, blah, blah. But we've learned to kind of adapt to different situations and, um, and even with certain, like, even most of the people that we work with, um, you know, people give things in a timely fashion. Like, we're like, hey, guys, this is a deadline. But with certain cats that we know how they operate, if we know, like, we need it in two weeks, we really tell them we need it four weeks earlier 
so, because we know it's going to be that four weeks is going to yeah. be late, but at least we still get it. But if we tell them the exact date, then it is going to be late. So we, you know, it's a little bit of chess. You know, some days it's chess, some days it's checkers. But Dub uh, C was the same. Like um, talking to him on the phone was incredible. Like actually, it was it was uh, inspirational talking to him. And um, and he's such a big West Side connection. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and and his presence, right? Because he's such so a. That's the track. Sorry to cut you off. That's the track. Le- um, left, right, left, 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 right, left. left. Yeah, we reviewed West Side Connection on this podcast. Actually, we reviewed the full album of West Side Connection, and that's dope. Just, and I'm generally not a West Coast person. I generally stick to East Coast, but yeah. that album is absolute bangers. They went yeah. so oh, it's hard. incredible. It's incredible, and, and and same kind of thing with with mc8 but um i i got a number this was way back in 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 early april or mid-april i got a a, a call from no, a, from a, 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 a area code from california but oh, i didn't pick dub it up C, luke sorry said mc8 dub c no, sorry uh dub c no but i'm saying the same kind of energy yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. right um and i didn't pick the i i missed the call i was doing something whatever and i saw the call no nobody uh, left a message. So I thought, okay, you know, you get, you get wrong numbers all the time, whatever. But I knew, I knew that the area code was California. So a couple of days later, I went, I sent the text said, Hey, sorry, I got this number. Uh, I didn't answer. I didn't, I missed the call. Is this, is this dub C just curious. And literally within five minutes, I hear re- the reply is West up. <laughs> and it was, like, it's just, it was classic. Like the shit that I loved about West side connection and his, in his ghetto Heisman album and stuff like that, you know, the skip, skip, all that kind of like his, you know, it was him. And then we got on a call and then when we talked to him, it was just, he, it was just so cool to hear him go I'm inspired by the track and what your brother's doing and the verse and you know what it let's do it. And that's why when you, when you hear, when you hear his lyrics and you hear him go, you know, uh, uh, this is more than a feature, you know, a lot of people are resonating with that where, you know, some 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 guys you're gonna you're gonna work with that, you know, they do the verse, they're on to the next thing, and and that's it. And there's some that really feel the records or the songs you give them. Like everybody that's part of Anthems and Icons really brought their A game and really. I was just gonna say that everybody that's on this album, the album is special because we cl- completed this album even in the face of adversity with the first of all a pandemic, but then like being on the front lines of it, getting sick and being hospitalized and how it affected our children and our families, but still having the the strength. That's why even like the Theo Rossi interlude, you know, with him talking about like, once you believe in you, you become unstoppable. And it it, it does sound funny, but it is true. Like life throws you so many curveballs. And if you believe that you can overcome it, you you will, you know, um, because we're constantly being thrown you know, slingshotted shit like all across the world right now with this pandemic. But people go through even struggles minus the pandemic. People go through financial, you know, people get these diseases, people lose their jobs, people fall out of love, this and that. But with this album, man, it's so special. Like what Lucas was saying back to like the MC8 anecdotal stories and the dub C's, everybody that's on this album really um, was meant to be on the album and they really love the music, you know, whether whatever type of exchanges um, were exchanged, you know, because sometimes an exchange is a love exchange. Like, man, 
man, I love what y'all do. Let's do it. And sometimes like, I love what y'all do, but I also need a bag, you know, but regardless of the, the monetary or non-monetary situation in this album, everybody really loved the records they were on. And that's the beauty of it because it's, it's, it's horrible. Like putting a, a project together and like, you know, deep down that half these people you're never going to see again or don't give a shit about it. Like we've gotten like, we have a lot of videos from the majority of the people from the album too, congratulating us and stuff. So it's just, it's just a rewarding feeling, you know? Definitely. I mean, I actually think there's one rapper who's probably one of the greatest rappers of all time, but I feel like he now just does features for the bag and that's okay. But I can definitely tell like method man, I feel like he's doing a lot of features with artists I've never heard before, but that's because I think they're pulling money together. They're getting him. He still does his method man stuff, but like you can definitely hear it when a, when an artist isn't in love with the project or they're just doing it because it's like their career. It's their next, it's just part of the journey. I don't know. It's weird when you yeah. hear a rapper, that's not really as passionate as they were. It, it, it's, I, it's true. I agree. Like, like, DMC, like Lucas has spoke with DMC tons of times. Like he, he was on another podcast um, that my brother, it's a friend of my brother's in Florida. And my, my brother's buddy said, Hey Luke, why don't you tune in? Cause I know you have this new album coming on and I know DMC is on it. When, when Luke's buddy announced that Luke, Hey, Oh, it's Luke from any empire DMC's face legitimately lit up. And that to me, is like that that's a, that's a better feeling than if someone said yo here's the keys to a lamborghini because that's replaceable you know what i mean like that's replaceable i'd, I'd sell i'd sell the lamborghini and buy studio equipment that's what i do <laughs> i yeah. would i would i'd sell the i would honestly probably would sell it because and buy like a like a, a neve or an ssl board nice mixing console you know what i mean like like that's it's just yeah sorry you're gonna cut you off no 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 but it was just like you could see the passion and yeah. like the excitement in in DMC, like the King of Rock, like Run DMC are are like the, the godfathers of this shit. And they've done and seen it all. And they've not only seen and done it all, but they've inspired everybody, you know, like Eminem, anybody who does hip hop, who's like in their 30s or in their 40s and possibly even in their late 20s, they're inspired by run dmc or ll cool j and then after them it's you know it's the m&ms it's the dr j's it's the nwa's you know um you know so it just it's great to get that reception from the architects of this shit because lucas and i are so respectful of this art form and so for us it's just like man it's like it, 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 it's just like a you know a black belt taekwondo master acknowledging that okay you guys are like we're the Jedi's and you guys are like Jedi's you we're acknowledging that you, you can be in this fraternity of Jedi's. Like it's, it's the, it's the biggest, it's the biggest fulfillment. I think that as a musician and someone involved in hip hop could feel, you know? Yeah. I think, I mean, I feel the same way that like, there is a big difference between, you know, I've done interviews and you can feel that they're distracted or you can feel that they're just doing it because it's what they got to do. Yeah. It's and versus there's people like yourselves who are like engaged and who are like keen to do it. And it just, it's, it's a different feeling. And it's like, and, and you can, and even just people you get along with, like it's been a dream come true to be able to talk 
to people like yourselves. Like for me, it's like I remember like listening to hip hop at school, being the only kid being into hip hop. None of my friends were into it. I found two friends that love it now, but like I remember that. And now to be like, I'm, I'm making it a dream come true to be able to talk to the people who make the interviews. It's like, I don't know. It's so crazy to me. And, and I imagine it's the same for you guys to be able to work with artists that you would have listened to their music long before you even spoke to them. Absolutely, man. And I think we're on a similar journey as you, because the same thing with us, like, I mean, obviously we're, we're born in Canada. Our background's Italian and we grew up in an Italian suburb, just maybe 25 minutes away from Toronto and most of the Italian kids, like people liked hip hop when it was convenient, when it was the popular thing to do. But when break dancing and all that shit was out of style, Lucas and I still remain monogamous to hip hop, you know? Um, and so we can relate where we didn't have too many friends growing up who, who, who liked hip hop. They liked, they were just going with the fads and Lucas and I, again, we remain well, we dressed it too. I actually, I'm going to grab it right now. I found this in my garage like a couple months ago. And I'm like, I was the, I was the only Italian kid wearing a red Everlast tracksuit, red Nikes. And, you know, the, you know, the, the, the back, you know, the fisherman hat, the, the you know, and I was a kid and, you know, I'd be like that. And everybody was like, you know, listening to Pearl Jam and Metallica and great, great bands. But I was like, you know, I was going to school like this, listening to Tribe Called Quest and like, you know, and, and all these. Nice. Other, and, We're walking know. around. Whose world is this? It's, not, yeah. it's mine. It's mine. It's mine. You know, like, you know, I, I would rock around with Plaid thinking I was uh, in the Chronic uh, album, like the original Chronic album before the 2001 Chronic, you know, like that shit. I would walk around like this. You know, Italian kid, fuck, you go like, and people go, what the fuck are you? I'm like, you haven't, you haven't heard of Dre Day? Uh, 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 you know, like, and then, you know, listening to like getting it like everybody when that Dre album came out, whether you were, a, you know, a South, North, East, West, when that, that, you know, that Chronic album came out, holy, you know, and then you fast forward, you know, years later, you got, we have Corrupt on a song doing that same kind of anthemic voice. You know, and that's, you know, that's kind of where we, we sit here. Like we, it's like Christmas for us. Like when we, every time we got a verse back, Aaron, it was like, it was like Christmas for, for kids. Like it was Adrian and I were like, I got the verse, come to the studio. And Adrian lives like a minute away with his wife and kids. So it's like easy, easy thing. Um, you know, so it's like, come on, I got the verse. Come here. I'm, I'm putting it in the track. You're like kids, you know what I mean? And that, and that was the part that, you know, even John, like you had mentioned, John Connor, uh, when John did his verse, he came back to me. And he goes, man, I lost I lost my voice doing this because what Adrian did in the beginning with the singing part and how deep it was, what he's talking about. You know, John goes, I, I had to like bring I had to bring that energy in my rap. And I was yelling a lot of it because I was feeling like the fight, you know, because even a guy like him from being at the, you know, with with Aftermath, with Dre the Compton uh, soundtrack, all that to kind of right, you know, back now again, starting back as an independent again and building his way, you know, obviously the fans that he's created will be diehard fans, but you know, he's building his, 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 his thing back up as an independent artist without that machine from Interscope and Dre and that, you know, so, 
So he, he felt the energy and that's where going back to, you know, you know, everybody really bringing their a game. Like you, when you hear him talk about his shit, like I, I teared up every time I heard certain verses. Cause it, it really, it really made us feel like our journey over these years wasn't a waste of time. Like, well, it's you never it's think like, that, but it was, you know, sort of cut Luke off. Like even with the KRS record, when he's like, you know, uh, record company, Jake's, the um, uh, um, uh, snakes, uh, he goes, um, uh, um, back aches, caving your crates. I mean, I don't know exactly, I can't remember exactly, but I'm like, Luke, like, exactly, like, studio rates. The no, like, he, um, all the shit that KRS said in that verse was Lucas and I has been Lucas and I's musical journey, getting screwed, paying our dues, carrying equipment up and down stairs, you know, dealing with rats like this. This industry is like it is littered with rats and people like shake your hand one day, promise all this shit. And then the next day they disappear like the friggin' Phantom of the Opera, you know. Um, so it's like when when KRS sent that verse, my brother and I like are set, like shit. This is destiny. Like this is now like this is like the universe now, man, making all of this shit happen for us to have these guys rapping like how they wrapped it as we envisioned how it should have sounded you know and it's just incredible man and it's baffling in a, in a great way yeah i mean you know i i when i spoke to john he was like he was just the most genuine person like he's yeah. so open and so like he's extremely in touch with his emotions and like you know he's extremely retrospective and i was really surprised by that because you know his journey and we kind of mentioned it was like, you know, five years with Dre on Aftermath. He's, you know, he's on Compton, but then he does an album, it doesn't drop. And instead of being bitter and angry, he's like everything that happened there led where I am here. And he's so positive and it's like you can really feel that energy when you speak to him. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. He, he He's a great, yeah, he's he's not only he's talented, but he's just a good human being where, you know, you just like, there's certain, there's certain people that you connect with, like, like even with like Crooked Eye, who's like a legend. I mean, when Eminem starts saying, you know, he's, he's in his top five and he's his, you know, he's the most underrated rapper, uh, you know, and, and every time, you know, in the last couple of albums Eminem has put out, you know, outside of them doing Slaughterhouse, you know, he's always, he's always on, on a track for Eminem. Um, to have them like on the uh, uh, Fallen Angels, but like we've built a, a a real friendship with with Crooked Eye over the pandemic. Uh, we've never met, you know, just phone calls and and you know. Uh, uh, we just had a phone call with them about about uh, a, a week, week ago. Two, two, like, yeah, like it was week, like an hour. Ago. What we thought was going to be a ten minute, all of us a ten minute conversation ended up being an hour and a half conversation. So we all yeah. have to say to be continued, you know? Yeah. But it, it, it's cool because like you said, like, you know, years ago, you're listening to these artists, you know, I'm listening to hip hop weeklies and all this stuff, these older stuff too, when he was, you know, uh, uh, the that his death row era when he was signed there and you're listening to all this stuff as a fan. And then all of a sudden the, 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 the respect, the respect is reciprocated where, you know, we didn't pay him for a video. That video we put up I mean, maybe a week ago where he's saying, you know, AD Empire is doing it the right way. They're, they're doing it for the culture. That meant a lot to Adrian and I because he's 
he he doesn't have to say that. He could just, you know, he does his verse. What up, guys? You know, and I said, hey, man, you know, he's like, no, I want to give you guys this video and, and, and give you your 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 uh, your flowers. Like to hear that from a guy like that, it, it again, it goes back to what I was saying. It just makes you fucking feel good. Like, yeah, we're doing this is we're doing it the right way. You know, this is not fast food music for us. We want we want longevity in it. And we've been doing it a long time. So these are those little wins where we're going, you know what? We're, we're on the right path because we have real, real legends and respectable lyricists in this game. Like when he heard the K we show, I showed him the KRS one record before it came out. And he goes, I love Adrian's verse because I know that I know what he went through. Cause he was always messaging me how, how we were doing when we had COVID and when Adrian was, was sick and he goes, so I know that shit's real. I know agent wrapped that in your, in the booth, right behind the camera, the laptop. I know he wrapped it with a collapsed lung. That's what makes that shit hip hop and real. So that's cool. Getting, getting those, that kind of those stripes from guys like that, you know, from generals, I call the generals in the game. Well, also they know who's genuine and who's not. They've been around for long enough. And I think that there are a lot of people, like you said, there are a lot of people in the industry and in music in general, who they see an opportunity to make money. They see an opportunity to make a name or they see an opportunity to, you know, get use the culture to project themselves up rather than the other way around, rather exactly. than like, let's add something to the space. Let's like, you know, give people a new voice, a new sound. Let's make something interesting. And so I think the legends, especially, they can hear the difference or they can see the difference in the content that you're putting out. And, you know, it must be, you know, really good. Like you guys would have known already your intent is in the right place. But now that you've got people going, hey, you are doing the right thing, it just should just motivate you even more. Yeah, it is. It, it, it is a great feeling, you know. Um, and it just, yeah, like even though, you know, you could get the, you can have that affirmation within yourself, but having that stamp from the, from you know what I mean? Like from the these iconic people who have made anthemic music it is really a great feeling because for lucas and i we really are like about the art you know what i mean we 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 really are about it, it, we, we really are about you know the art like and, and i think a lot of we live in such a fast food world where people only give a shit about the likes and the views and listen part of that is important because part of that helps to funnel and fuel a business so you can go on and make a living financially off of it. But we really do this for the love of it. You know, um, it's just like for like, for example, like Gorilla Nems, we, we've been listening to Nems for the past like five years, you know, and then we had him on a rather record for this other um, uh, rapper from Buffalo um, who this rapper wanted to get another rapper. Cause he's like, I never heard of Nems. And we're like, no, trust us, man. Nems is dope. He's gutter. He started off as a battle rapper. And then when we did our album, we called Nems. Now all of the shit like is caught on on TikTok. Bing bong and all the shit that he does. But like we didn't get him on a record because, oh, yo, he's doing the bing bong. Like all this shit, this, the, the, all of this thing that he's capitalizing off the success of his, his bing bong and it's gone viral. This happened during us making this album. Like the song was already done. And so even when we start promoting that song, it's just not like Lucas and I are not going to start going now, bing bong. And hopefully hoping that we can like, you know, 
um, like a leech attached to well, his success. And, like, and plus, it, if we said it were Italian, it'd be binga bonga. It yeah, would have to be. Bonga. No, we'd have to um, add a little Italian accent in there somehow and make it a little more. You know, well, I no, think that would work. Like, I actually think that yeah. would work if you went into the Italian market and just, yeah. just, yeah. I think, I think you'd get a lot of a lot of hits from that. Maybe we got yeah, to binga bonga, binga bonga. You know, or. <laughs> Oh, shit. But, oh man no but you're yeah you're able like you're yeah what you're saying is well a, a, another quick story was um when we put out our last album legacy you know uh um it was a bittersweet song called fit in because fred the godsend had passed away and i i was talking with fred uh via text and on a call we were just about to start a project together 80 Empire, Fred the Godson, like an EP, maybe like six, seven songs. And we were laughing about it because it was back in, in March, I think it was, uh, April, might have been April. And we were laughing about like, because he has a you know a wife and two kids. We, So does Adrian and I, you know, but I was talking to him about like, what, do you, what are you and the wife doing tonight? Like, oh, we're going to club quarantine. It's the spare bedroom tonight. And then tomorrow it's the broom closet. And then, you know, we're going to cafe, you know, uh, living room kind of thing. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. And we were laughing about shit like that. And I'm like, hey, man, check out these tracks. What do you think? He goes, I like these, these few, these I'm going to start recording on them like next week. And then Monday came and we saw him, you know, Instagram with a ventilator, or a, you know, oxygen mask on. And, you know, and then like, I think two and a half weeks after that, he passed away because of COVID. Uh, and it was sad, but we already had his verse from a year before. And we talked about that was going to be the jump off, like put that record out for the legacy project and then, you know, come out with our, an EP. Um, but I, you know, I reached out to the family and I said, look, we don't, you know, we don't want to be this, those people like, yo, I had a, I had a verse from Fred six years ago. I'm re-releasing it, you know, look like some fucking like, like, like vultures trying to, to 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 squeeze out something out of somebody's you know terrible it's like you when know, people death. die and then people have to put the picture of themselves with that yeah, person but, to yeah. show that they had some connection. I don't know, man. It's just like it, it's it, it just it's bad karma. It's just bad. We live in a very distasteful time. You know. Do you know what yeah. it reminds me of? It reminds me of Big L's The Big Picture. Yeah. That's what it reminds me of because. We discussed this on this this podcast as well, but our big critique was that there are pro, there are songs and tracks that don't feel like Big L would have approved. There it feels like there are verses that are not his best, but they were found. They were like cut from albums, or and then and then they threw them on, but then they got him on with Legends, and the Legends murdered him. They just they got a chance. They listened to his verse. They come on. It just felt really manufactured there's some really good tracks like enemy with fat joe that track yeah. is a killer produced by premiere like that is amazing but there are so many tracks that i felt like they just threw it all together just to make some coin after his yeah, passing. i agree, I, I agree with you it, it was it was kind of like um uh uh what was it uh, you know marvin gay they put out something what, a couple of years back uh and i i remember listening to it and it was like, this is all the music that Marvin Gaye said. No, I these didn't make the album. Like Prince, Prince as well. There's a reason why, you know, some of these some of these icons 
didn't want this stuff out because it wasn't even the best of the best didn't have, they're not all the best songs. So they were like, no. So I feel like, like you said, like, I feel like it's like they would have never agreed to this shit if they were alone. And that's why like Fred had wrapped it. It was already a year old, the verse, but obviously we hadn't put it out yet. But, you know, I went to his wife and I went to the management and I said, look, I was talking to Fred. She goes, no, I know, I know who you are. Like, like Fred, I mentioned you. I said, I, 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 you know, I wouldn't want to disrespect Fred's legacy, his name or the family. We did talk about putting this out. And even if we make $5 on this, whatever we can give to the Fred foundation, you know, for your family, that's what we'd want to do with the song. And they said, you have our blessing. And we became really good friends with his brother. Who's keeping his legacy alive. Shout out to Russ. And, you know, and we, you know, we might still have a, a Fred, the godson project in the you know future, like something to like, you know, finish what we kind of started. But, but that would be like, you said, it was like, it, it, it we it, want to keep the integrity integrity. Of, if it was something that did come to fruition, you know, it, we would want to keep the integrity and not do what you just said, like with what happened to Big L. Some of the verses, like, you know. And, and you can hear it, it yeah. It, it I agree with her. And that his legacy remains intact. And that if anything, we helped, we helped to, to, to you know, to continue uh, to keep that legacy going and not and not water it down and, 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 and you know, fruit roll up it up. Well, I think it, it all comes, again, it comes down to intention. And the project will speak for itself so like you know you can hear when a label is doing it to make the squeeze the last bit of juice from the career i mean how many times do people have the best of michael jackson had a best of album well you don't need it because his catalog is best of so that it's you, you just know like the especially if you're into music like you guys are in the industry you know when they're pushing it out just for the sake of some extra cash or they're just going, Oh, we found these like apparently Eminem has hundreds of tracks on the cutting room floor, but I imagine, you know, I'm, he will pass at some point. I'm hoping for not a long for, for a very long time before long he time, goes, yeah. but it would be really upsetting to me if he passed and then they went back and they just took a bunch of his old verses and a bunch of tracks and they put it all together. Cause he didn't green light it. I, I agree. Could, he, you Agreed. want to protect their legacy. I agree. Exactly. I I, I agree a hundred percent. I did want to change tacts a little bit because something that intrigues me is your relationship as brothers and obviously working together because I got two brothers myself. I love my brothers, uh, but I couldn't imagine working with them all the time. Like purely because you know each other so well. But yeah. I guess maybe that's why you work really well together. So I'm just intrigued by the dynamic and and then how you guys agreed to really get on the same page, same vision, and then keep it going for so long. Yeah, I I, I think with us, um, I hate them. I hate them. But you yeah, know. No. <laughs> we, we 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 joke and say we're the rap we're the rap of Bert and Ernie. No, but I I think with with us, it's because we're able to finish each other's sentences because we kind of know. We, 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 for better or for worse, we get vibes uh, off of people and we're able to pick up on that. And we also can play different roles at different times, like good cop, bad cop. Um, but also to use the analogy of like American football, you know, sometimes I'm the quarterback and I initiate a situation like anthems and icons. 
I said, Luke, man, we put out Legacy. That's fine. And Danny, we need to put out an album even better than that. And I'm like, first, I think I said something like mythology. And Lucas is like, mythology? That's that's whack as shit. Like, what the hell is mythology? And then I'm like, yo. Then the next day, I'm like, what about anthems and icons? And he's like, that sounds dope. But then, so I'm the quarterback. I quarterback. But then Lucas is like the hip-hop um, like talent, like bounty hunter. He's a hip-hop Boba Fett. And he's like okay, we know this person. Let's email them or call them up. Say, yo, we have this on. Do you want to get on this record? We have this on that. And then, so he finishes it off. So sometimes I'm the quarterback and he's the receiver. Sometimes he's the quarterback and I'm the receiver catching the ball. And it just, we, we, we know when to jump in a, you know, and I know when to shut my mouth and he knows when to be the, the bully or the, 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 the mouth and I know, and then vice versa. And I think and I, that's why it's, it's working for us. And I also think like, you know, having brothers like, you know, sometimes like you can't tell an executive or somebody to fuck off like you'd like to, but you got to try to hold your composure. So telling, telling each other to, you know, screw off, you kind of get it out. And it's like, we're brothers. So I could tell them like, you know, fuck, you know what, fuck off. I'm not, you know, hanging the phone up. And then you get that funny emoji back and you know, you're like, okay, we're good. Like we understand each other. We, we trust each other implicitly because we're brothers, but we both, you know, it's great because Adrian's not a beat. Is not a the eggplant emoji is emoji that's often sent a lot. Of course, between <laughs> each other. Yeah, of course. You know, uh, uh, or the eighteen, eighteen, uh, not, nothing under eighteen. If I'm joking. Um, um, whenever, whenever we in my friendship group, one of my friends, whenever he does this emoji, like all good emoji, he always yeah. puts a finger and then like yeah. watermarks. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Or you know, you know somebody's being a sarcastic prick when you send something, or my brother, I'll do it too, but he'll send the thumbs up. That shit yeah. pisses me off. Yeah, it's like cool, like, Yeah, that's like, yeah, yeah, okay, buddy. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, you're like thanks for coming out. Yeah. No, but like what's what's great is too is that like Adrian, like I'm the physical producer in ways of I, you know, I run uh, all the equipment. I mean, I play keyboards, I play piano, you know, so I physically run shit. I could come up with melody ideas here and there, but he he's the master at the melodies and the vocals and the writing part. So it's always been a really good relationship because I'm not trying to be, even though we're 80 empire, I'm not trying to be the front man in ways of take a microphone and start belting out verses and, and, you know, these high, these high note choruses and shit that he does. I like, I like where my position is where, I'm the beat guy. I'm, I'm playing keys and I'm making the drums and, but then he'll come in and go, I can't play it, but I hear a sound. Like I hear this or whatever the hell it is. And and the thing is, it's a good yin and yang that why we were able to create so well together because we both, it's like, it's like superheroes. We both have our, you know, one Superman, one's Batman, one's, you know what I mean? We both kind of bring our own shit to the table that always seems to gel. Well, it sounds like you, you, I, th- I think the best part is the communication is the best because like, there's no bullshit. Like you, there's no like, you know, company or like, you know, corporate speak. There's like, all right, let's just get this shit done. And I feel like sometimes people get caught up in protecting their image while working on a project rather than going, Hey, let's just make the best project we can make. Yeah, it, it, exactly. Yeah. Like, I'll tell you a quick story. Like when we did, so we did, um, before our name was 80 Empire, we did uh, the first single off of Obi Trice's uh, third album when he was, 
you know, when he left Shady, it was called Battle Cry, the song. And it's featuring, it says featuring Adrian Retza. See, he didn't want me on that. He took my name oh. off. I just, <laughs> that, so it says produced by Lucas Retza in the credits, but, you know, the, the main the main list said Adrian, and I couldn't give a shit. I was like, it's you and me. Like, you know what I mean? It's it's us. Like, it says your name. I'm not, I, didn't, I couldn't care less. But we had an original song that we had done with Obi that, that uh, um, I had, we hadn't heard from Obi in a long time. So we were like, are you using the tracker or whatever? Didn't hear from him. We switched, you know, that we got interest from a label, which ended up being, it it didn't happen, but we got interest from a a major label with a major artist that wanted to use the track and Adrian singing the hook. So like, go figure Murphy's Law. As soon as we said, okay, you know what? I haven't heard from him. I've sent countless texts, emails, voice messages. Maybe he's gone ghost. Something's up. Forget it. And so this we, is a song was sitting for four years. So it was it's not sitting, like, oh, it's just four months. Like, yeah, it's not four months. We're talking. Time, so we figured, I don't think Obi's going to use yeah, it. Yeah, like it was a couple of years. You know what I mean? So we're like, okay, it's obviously, give it to this person. They start recording it or whatever. whatever. And this person's not even in the industry anymore anyways. Um, Who was it? If you don't mind me asking. Sorry? Who was it? It was. It was. It was. A, it was. It was a rapper called Rima Major who was signed to Interscope, but we were told, I'm not going to say the guy's name from Interscope, but we were like, yo, she's in the studio right now, and I think 50 Cent is going to jump on it. But this, these were legitimate people that we were dealing with that were at Interscope and Universal. So it's not like we were just, you know, dealing with, oh, a best friend's uncle who's a janitor, but knows fat Joe or some shit. Like yeah. these were real people. So my brother and I like, yo man, like this could be, cause he's like, no, you can't let, we need that record. She needs it. You don't understand. Cause fifties heard it. And so my brother and I like, this could be, and it was all like, it was the manager just pulling bullshit. They were in the studio and they were going to record the song, but there was no 50 cent. It was all bullshit. But you know, when you, and like agent said, it wasn't like, you know, only a couple of months had gone by. We're talking about, you know, we, he had recorded it for a couple of years before that. And then I haven't heard from you in over a year. We're thinking, okay, like obviously something's up. For, we we got to move on. So long story short, Murphy's all, all of a sudden, like a week after, yo, I want to use a record and we're going to do this and that. We're like, are you kidding me? I'm like, so I, I said, no, nah, like we, we, and he was like, oh, fuck that. I go, listen, Adrian and I will make you a new song. Get, trust us. Let us make you even a better song. Nah, man, fuck that. You know, all this. I said, please just, just give us a couple hours. I, I promise you, I will make you a better song. Out comes battle cry. We, I sent it to him, calls me up, you know, a lot of N words, you know, Oh shit. Oh man. You know what I mean? Oh, fucking track. Oh shit. I ain't even mad at you. I was going to fuck you up before. Now I'm going to hug you motherfuckers. Cause yo, and that was his you know, first- and Aaron, but let me tell you this. So then months later, we went to Detroit and we were at a party. They called this place the mansion in a suburb of Detroit. And like four or five producer kids like bought this mansion or worked out of this place. Um, and so there was a party there and, and Obi invited us. And then I'm upstairs by the DJ. Shit, I forget his name, but he produced a lot of shit for Big Sean and stuff. We're all talking. And then Obi comes up to him and he's like, yo, Adrian, man. Let me tell you something, Luke. When I got a problem in the hood, I'm calling Luke, man, because he was he was gangster with me. You know, like when I was like calling him every name in the book, 
And then blah, 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 blah. You, Luke held his ground. So he's like, yo, Luke, I'm bringing you to, I'm bringing you to, 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 to you know, next time I got shit in the streets. So, and then we've been friends with Obi ever since, man. Yeah. And developed a close, close relationship with Swifty McVeigh. Like Swifty's on the album. We put out an album with Swifty last year. And we have like another like 25, 26 song album with Swifty. And it's really about like growing up in Detroit. You know, eight, Eminem talks about eight mile, but like seven mile is we've learned so much. Like seven mile is where like trick trick and a lot of D12 grew up. And we're learning about all the lingo, like even with the show on like, I don't know if they have it. Um, the um, Like if there's because obviously different regions of the world, things come either earlier or later, but like the BMF series that's on stars, Amazon about big Meech and the black mafia family. Um, there's certain things in there that like I hear in Swifty's rap. So like I went back and like talking to him about, it, he's like, yeah, man, BK stands for like the black, the black killers and this and that. And it's just like, Holy crow. I'm watching this biographical TV series and shit that Swifty is saying um, like certain lingo is in the music that we just did for him. This album is probably going to come out in the spring or summer. So it, it, it's, Anyway, that that's a, a another story. You change it, but but to to reel it back, you know, bring that shit back for uh we Adrian and I work good under that pressure. We have like an understanding, like, all right, we need to come correct with something bigger than that track that he liked. Uh, you know, and it worked. Like and and we we feed off of that kind of shit. Like we don't need to like, oh, let's go for a walk and get and get inspired by the name. Now nah, let's just get in the fucking booth, put on a a good beat and let's, let's go. Let's, let's work. Like that's our inspiration. Like him, him getting mad at me was our inspiration to go. I'm going to, I'm going to make you feel, I'm going to make you eat your words and give you a better track. And we, and luckily it worked out <laughs> like we did, you know, and that was his first track coming back under, you know, being independent after leaving shady. Uh, so, and Eminem was still on the album and they're still friends and shit like that. So it was cool that the store behind it, but it was also battle cry. Like you got to, you got to keep going even through the darkness. And his darkness was, you know, getting, getting like, you know, leaving shady and kind of starting from the bottom again as an independent. So. It sounds like you guys are very competitive because I'm competitive. So when someone's like, no, this, no, you can't do better than this. It's like, Oh yeah, fuck you. I can. Let me yeah, show absolutely. you how much better are, I can do. Yeah. We are the hip hop and music. And like, it, this is a sport. It's a, comp it's a contact sport and it's a competitive sport. And we really do thrive off of that because we've had so many people like, nah, you won't be able to get play on shade 45 or no, nah, man, they're going to want this much and that much. And we're like, yo, DJ premier just played five records off a of legacy. And he just played two. Uh, we run shit. And he played um, salute me off of, um, off of this new album. So it's just like, you just told us we can't get it done and it, we're, we're getting it done. And I think again, like the message is like mind over matter and just like, yeah, people are going to, are going to say you can't get it done. We, but you just have to make it work. That's the thing. And, and I think it just comes down to our upbringing. Like our parents, our grandparents always just found a way to make shit work. Even when everything was stacked against, you know, it, it stacked against it for it not to work. And I think that even though we're not immigrants, we are still recipients and have absorbed that immigrant culture 
because our parents were immigrants, our grandparents. And when you come to a new country, you don't speak the language. Um, you, you, you know, you don't have all the amenities and all of the, you know, um, your hands in the best of educations and all of these opportunities, you have to create opportunity. And although we lived a very different life than our parents and our grandparents, we still, that work ethic and that kind of like coming from, coming from shit and turning shit into a dollar bill, like that, you know, that, that still mentality is still in our DNA because our, 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 family you know it comes from that well i have the the same thing i'm first generation so my family is russian so like my parents came here um and i remember my babushka my grandmother i I spoke to her recently and she was like where i came here two kids by myself can't speak english a hundred dollars in my pocket that's it that's how and there's something unsaid about the immigrant mindset because i 100 percent agree and i i try to explain it to people who don't come from the, that type of background to be like yeah. you gotta understand that when you're brought up like that the attitude is you get through it the attitude yeah. is this is not the end place you can you just gotta shut up get to work life sucks right now but you cannot stop when you stop that's when it's over and like Absolutely. they lived a way harder life than I lived. I always say it like I consider myself extremely fortunate, but those lessons, those life lessons of like mindset, that's yeah. the thing that I'm Sticks always like, yeah. 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 Like you might've grown up in, 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 you know, in Australia, but like it is Australia, right? Yeah. 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 But, but, um, but, but yeah, but that Russian is in you, man. It's in your DNA. It's in your blood, that hard work ethic. Like it doesn't matter how, how friggin' early it is how frigging cold it is. You're getting up and you're, you're grinding, man, to provide for you and provide for your family. That's just, there's no other way, you know? But it's, it's like you said, it's, it's, the, it's, the, they, they, they pass on that, that, that work ethic. Like you and I always never gave up on shit. We should have quit a long time ago, this business, because it was always, it, there is, you know, it's, it's changed now where you can, you could just, everything can be, paid for and everything could look uh, big. And if you have money, you know what I mean? But, but, you know, the amount of doors that closed on us are, are far bigger than the doors that opened, but the doors that opened, we took advantage of it to open more doors and, and to, to, to keep going. Most people would have quit after the shit that we've been through as, as artists and producers and, and things like that. But we keep going. And, and when you get those wins, like at KRS and these kind of things, well, you well, keep going. And- but it's, but it's, it's the, like you said, it's that, it's that work ethic. It's coming. It's like starting with nothing and going, fuck, look what we did. Like, you know, I got to just now, I mean, before we got on the call, I'm there's a COVID cases in my son's class. So we got a Christmas is fucking, that's it. It's done. No Christmas. You know, we can't get together. It is what it is. Like, what can you do? You know, we've been down this. Everybody's been down the road. He was in the hospital. I remember, uh, uh, you know, three weeks into the hospital, he's, you know, he's going, I can send me the um, MC8 verse. Uh, we just got it, you know, and he's on, he's in with, with oxygen and shit. I've got like, the tubes in my nose. And I'm like, I still want to hear MC8. You want to hear it. You know what I mean? You, 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 you survive and you, you know, uh, and you do what you do. Right. Actually, being that you're Russian, and we always joke because a good friend of ours, Fatty Soprano, he's a great film director and, and, and videographer, and he's done a bunch of our 
uh, videos and stuff like that. But he was actually born in Russia. He came to Canada when he was 10 years old. But yeah, Leo, Leo is his real name. And we all, and every time, like right now, the weather is getting cold and everybody's as Canadians are bitching. So me and him, we get on the phone, we go, in Mother Russia, this is summertime. We wear no shirts. We jump in the water. This is nothing. Come on, bro. Let's, it's like, we, people are complaining. It's so cold out. What are you talking about? Australia, let's go. He's actually fatty. Uh, that That's his, you know, director name, but he's, yeah, we're Leo. doing a, um, we're, we're putting together a short film for Anthems and Icons. Um, and we're going to chronicle different people, um, creative people and kind of their struggle and then you know mix it in with our performance footage right now you know because of i mean i, I could hop on a plane now i'm still because of how how severe like the i don't even want to see severe but i mean i was I, I i stopped taking blood thinners at the end of august and so right now you know i don't really want to jump on a plane new york city we're an hour away but to go to los angeles is a five-hour flight you know, and just the cases are rising again. So, um, like, we would love to go to New, like, we would love to go and do all of these videos in the states with all of these guys because they're all down to do it. You know, but we want to be able to be there to facilitate it because once you start saying, "Hey, guys," you know, then it's too many people. But anyway, to make a long story short, with with Fatty, so we're doing this. Um, he's directing it, and we're putting going to put like together like a ten-minute short film with the album. But he's a solid, solid as they come. He's done a lot of, he did the video for our, our record with Conway. It's the hockey video. And it's young, like um, African-Canadian hockey players um, in the video. He did that video. He did the one with um, the fit-in video with Fred. And because Fred had passed away, we did like Bishop Lamont, every, Laz. Everyone did their um, verses, like uh, cell phone footage and, and stuff. So he's really great at what he does, Fatty. Well, do you know, he, he sounds like, and what you guys are saying, it reminds me of my babushka who said, you know what? If you die, you die. That's, yeah. that's the mentality. That's like, you cannot hide at home and you cannot be scared because yeah. life is short. And it these days, true. and it's so funny because like my grandma, when she was in Russia, she was like, they didn't have things at supermarkets. Like when she was a, a, a young woman and a little girl, she was like, I remember there was nothing in supermarkets. So what you had to do was you have had to make deals under the, it was like the black market. So like, you know, a butcher and you're a bread maker, you hold a piece of bread like in your store at the back and you trade it. And so that's what they were living. So when we ran out of toilet paper, she was like, I don't understand why toilet paper out of everything that yeah. you that matters. And I remember going to supermarkets and the meat disappeared I literally go to the Asian grocery store, filled, filled to the brims. And I was like, this is not real panic. This is just white people going, you know, just overreacting. It was crazy to me. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I, I, I said the same thing. My, like my wife is, is, uh, is Asian. She's half Chinese, half Cambodian. And I'm like, yeah, white. It's like, when, when did the news say COVID makes you shit your pants? <laughs> like when everybody was taking this shit, and, you know, it's like, like, you're right. And I'm just going like, what, what is going on? And even, even with like, you know, listen, it, it, it sucks, you know, being stuck in the house. Obviously we're all at this point, I think we're all fed up, you know, but I remember when it was like, you know, like four days in and people were like, I can't take this. I'm going nuts. I'm like, how about like our grandparents that were like, 
like in world wars and like there was no internet there was no netflix listen no we know what dude. video there was bombs like fucking dropping shit you know and 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 it's like i Aaron, get we it know a guy his name is mario machete shout out to, to mario um we met him three years ago just before the pandemic we went down this is a video we did for this rapper ballistic from buffalo and then we got nems on the record we produced it and then we're like, we got to go down to Coney Island and do the video. And so all these other cats came, these guys, crime faces, who um, do all this, like, fight commentary. Now now they're doing all the fight commentaries for, like, Triller and all this stuff. But they, they manage also this Mario, who 27 years ago was put into prison uh, for a murder he did not do. Okay? And this is the tie-in, the hip-hop tie-in. The person that that said that he did it was Bushwick Bill from from Ghetto Boys, because Bushwick Bushwick is in Brooklyn, right? Bushwick Brooklyn. Bushwick Bill soon after that moved to Texas, you know. And so Mario, when when Bushwick died, like Mario said, he goes, "I, I just would have loved before because he died of cancer." Bushwick Bill goes, "I just would have loved for." to him to have been vindicated. But he went to prison for 27 years for something he did not do. He goes, listen, I was, when I was a kid, I wasn't an angel. I did shit, but I didn't do murder. So imagine that guy like going to pres- prison for 20 years and like people have to, you know, have to stay at home and people are going nuts and losing their minds. But this guy went to prison for 27 years for shit he never did. Like, and he still, when we met him, the most positive, uplifting, upbeat person. And if anybody could be like a Debbie Downer, a negative, could be him and think like, yo, man, the world has done me wrong. And he's like, no, bro, every day's a blessing. And it's just what a what a what a breath of fresh air, man. Like, you know, truthfully. And he unfortunately he's not the only one. There are plenty of wrongfully incarcerated people. Tons. Like Thousands. it's just it, there's so many. I mean, there are still people incarcerated for weed dealing even though weed is now legal which makes absolutely no sense to me it makes no sense when every when every soccer mom now is sitting sitting at home with edibles going oh honey we're gonna have quite the party tonight right and these guys these guys are in jail for for fucking like life well now the government is selling it you know like 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 it's bullshit it's in canada in canada they're they're gonna yeah they they're they've opened up uh, legal like like government run Weed stores, dispensaries, dispensaries. I understand, honestly. Like I personally don't smoke weed. Like I've tried weed. Like it's just not something that that I've done very often. But like same with us, man. It makes like to me just the it makes no logical sense. Regardless of where you sit on the fence, is like it is now legal. So what they did, it, it doesn't make sense to keep them there. Like and you hurt them. Like it's literally just punishing them. Now, and the government is now taking a cut from it, which also makes sense for me anyway, that, like, it should be an industry that is regulated, but, like, it's it's crazy. Like, it feels like there's no logic applied. It's just, like, we're just going to forget they, they exist. It, it's horrible, man. It's and horrible. It, and it's just, like, when you go into that setting, if you weren't a hardened criminal, you become a hardened criminal because now you're dealing with all these other circumstances. It's survival. It's not... It's not like you checked into the Holiday Inn, like, you you know, and, and, and especially depending on what type of prison it is, maximum, you know, like it, it's, 
And so it's, yeah, man, it's such, we live in such an unjust, like we live in just, it's very unjust. You know, there's so many things that make my blood boil, but like, you know what I mean? You could go to petition.org and, and all of these things, but it's just like, it sucks. Like that's someone's brother, that's someone's father, someone's sister, uncle, and they lose a whole lifetime of living because of bullshit laws, you know? And the crazy thing is, this is the best time to be alive as a human. This is the best time. Like, life was way worse before. Like, yeah. at least now we're aware of these things. But, like, you know, the internet has changed the game. Our ability to mean speak, you, you're you in Canada, I'm in Australia, we can have Absolutely. this discussion. Whereas, exactly. like, before you have some atrocities done to you, you don't hear about it. Like, yeah. that's that was life. Then, so there's, like... I can see the good and the bad. The bad is it's still happening. The good is that we can talk about it. Absolutely. And we could create more awareness, you know, even if it's in baby steps, but at least we're aware. No, I agree with you on that. Absolutely. Well, gents, I did want to also touch on one song that you guys did. And it is, uh, I think it's called Black Cat. And it's, uh, and it's, it's Italian. It is Italian. And if anyone hasn't checked it out, it's on YouTube. It's an old video. I think it came out in 2009. And oh, we were thin. Yeah. And we were thin back then. No beards. You guys are clean cut. I think that's everyone is like that. COVID hits and we all put on weight. Um, but I, I'm just so, because I was, this was the last video I was expecting. I'm so interested in, in how that came about. Absolutely. It's a, it's a funny story. So we always have done hip hop music. We've always been like, we started off in a band with our cousin. And so we were like the Italian roots, you know, we'd go to like battle of the bands where it was all rockers. And we were the only guys doing rap and reggae with a band, you know, but then my brother and I were with these signed to these guys called top cat. They were an independent company back in the early two thousands. And we were getting radio play and everything. And it was R and B and rap and stuff like that. Then whatever, it just, you know, they were kind of shutting down shop. So my brother and I, like, it was just, that was our window to leave because they were just stuff was going down with them as a company. Um, and then my brother and I went to Chris Smith. Now, Chris Smith managed Nelly Furtado. He now manages um, Alicia Cara. And we went there and I made the mistake of saying, because we're showing them all of this rap music but they loved our like soul music because we could do soul music too like you know we were in like the al green marvin gay like that type of soul music so we were showing them all of this stuff one of the a and r guys there's like this is incredible and then he started going yo what languages do you guys speak and we said well you know obviously growing up in canada it's a bilingual country we speak french we're italian we speak italian he goes hold on italian you got to do this shit in italian so we ended up going and doing a showcase at the time. His name was Randy. Um, Luke, what's Randy's last name? Randy Lennox. Randy Lennox was the president of Universal Canada. We did um, a showcase at Universal for him. There was this other guy, Martin Kaisenbaum, who started Cherry Tree Records at Interscope back in the day. So he had Akon sign in, Lady Gaga, Black Eye, all these people. He just happened to be there. We were singing. Everybody loved it. A week later, they sent us to Italy, to Milan, Italy, and we sang in front of Universal Italy. They loved it too, but they're like, the colloquialisms are off. 
And you know, Aaron, like growing up in Australia, like something that we, you know, slang that you say with your friends growing up, we might not understand what, even though we're both speaking English, we might not understand what the hell it is. My parents you know? don't even understand it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. So when we translate, even though we speak Italian, you know, colloquialisms are never going to translate exactly. So Universal Italy, we're like, guys, we love it. You guys look the part. This is, is going to be so cool. We just have to fix some of the words. Um, my brother and I were ready to move to Italy. And this was, we were signed to Universal Canada. Interscope was getting involved. And then when we get back to the hotel, Martin, who's this big, you know, big wig from LA, who also came because he saw us by chance happen to be at our showcase in Canada, came also flew to Italy. He's like, listen, guys, here's my cell number. If shit doesn't, you know, go according to plan, call me. But my brother and I are loyal. We're like, we're going to start dealing with the Interscope guy. Like our management's going to look like we're going to, that, that's a rat move to do, right? Like, so my brother and I were loyal to a fault. Four or five years, four years went by and we did jack shit, nothing. And then finally we just got fed up and we just like left them an email saying, we're releasing you as management in the record label. Like you're not interested in putting our shit out after we've recorded hundreds and hundreds of songs at our own studio, you know? Um, but I said to Lucas, you know, we got signed to do this shit and it, for them to put this out. They wanted us to be like an ill Devo, but not classical and not pop for us to be a little bit more urban, but like the R and B, R and B soul, you know? Um, I said to Lucas, I'm like, we have to finish this off and do it because I don't like that. We've wasted four years of our life. They did shit all for us. And then we don't have anything to show for it. So we just finished this Italian album and, you know, we were very he heavily influenced by the kind of European sound. And then that's how that song that was actually done at my uncle's pizzeria. He's retired now. And we did it like got that enemy. Well, and it was also past. like, a, it was also like a fuck you. Like we, 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 fired you as management because you did nothing for us. And, you know, having a quote unquote A-list manager means nothing if they're not doing anything for you. So we said, fuck it. We put out a video, we put the album out, we made CDs, we're done. Now let's go back to, to, to what they were trying to hinder us from the jump. Like, don't, don't do your hip hop, like do this. And we love R and B and we love soul music too. You know, we, we have even projects, you know, in the pipeline that are more like more like real soulful stuff you know, mixed with the hip hop, but it was like, they were trying to hinder us. So it was like to prove a point, we're like, now nah, we're, we're putting this shit out independently uh, as we always do. And then kind of through that started gladiator and why we call ourselves gladiator records, because it was like, no one's going to do this again to us. But, no one's going to, but Obi heard our Italian shit. And but Obi heard the Italian shit. And that's what sparked him to go. I'll fuck with y'all. You know, he heard this one track that was on our MySpace. And he goes, man, you put some hip hop in this. Yo, man, that's that shit's fire. Bone Crusher, Ali Vegas, all these guys, like even Keith Murray. We were supposed to do some shit around that time frame with Keith Murray. And he's like, and it's funny because Lucas and I look back on that and like we respect what we did. It's not nothing that we would be doing now. It, you know, the, the style, it's nowhere near remotely what we'd be doing now. But like even a Keith Murray, it's like, yo. This is dope, man. Y'all know how to rap and sing, and y'all doing this shit in Italian and English. I'm gonna send this shit to Eric Sermon. But again, 
the music industry, everybody's fake. Then like Keith Murray, like disappeared, like, like, you know, like, um, Robinson Caruso. Um, so Re but recently, yeah, like that's a story. Of well, that. A funny story about Keith Murray. Cause a year and a half ago, uh, I, I, I tech, I, I DM him on Instagram. I said, man, that, that verse you did for us was incredible. Thank you. And he, and, and then he, he didn't give us a verse. I was just being a, like an ass. Right. And he messaged me right away. Yo fam, no, I got you. I'm sorry. I'm like, don't worry about it, dude. I go, it's been fucking like eight years. I, I, we're, we're kind of past, <laughs> we're, 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 we're kind of past like, like, like caring at this point, you know? And he goes, I got you just, you know, can you did it? I go, I go, you want to give me a verse? All right. Throw it. Here's my email. I still haven't. I said, but I go, you know, much love brother, but it's, you know, I still, I still love it. It's the most beautiful thing in the world. It's just like that. That's still a classic, but I said, it's all right, dude. It's all, right. it's all good, you know. But, but yeah, that's the Gataneta, the the black cat story. It, it was just so interesting to listen to because it was the last thing I expected. Like it was, yeah. just, and it's surprisingly good. That's what I will say. It's surprisingly good because I always fear whenever rappers sing. Like that's one of my big fears is like, oh no, someone didn't tell you to shut up. Someone just let your ego take over and you cannot sing, but you've got this weird hook just because they were like, oh, we need an R&B and you just decide to do it randomly. But you both have good voices. So I was pleasantly surprised because, God damn, I feel like there are so many that just don't understand. They don't have a voice for singing. Yeah, it's that's the thing. Like people have to play their position. You know, like, like, for example, we put out this record called Fairy Tales with a rapper RX and Chino. And the, the, the rapper RX was like, like, I'm just lightly singing on the hook. And on his album that we produced for him, I'm rapping on a couple other songs, you know, and doing some hooks. And he's like, yo, man, you got to rap. Chino did his thing. I'm like, yo, Chino XL is Chino XL. I'm not going to sit here for like a week, you know, I, I'm just using that as, as like, and try to outdo Chino XL. That guy's a master at the double time. Never, 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 never. Like I'm, I can rap fast, but it's just like, I'm not like, I'm comfortable enough in what I do that I don't have to, if we're involved in a project and it's especially, it's a project with someone else, I'm comfortable enough with my position that now I don't feel like, you know, I got to puff up my chest and I have to try to outdo like that's what Chino does. So I'm not going to try to outdo someone who's the king. It's like someone who makes leather shoes and I make, I make suede, I make, I don't know, shoes out of Velcro. And now I'm trying to make leather shoes. Like, no, let the fucking leather shoemaker do his thing, man. I'm good at the Velcro. And I'm even, well, it's like, it's costume. like, you know, it's like uh, a friend of ours, uh, uh, Ali Vegas, you know, uh, uh, um, put on a project. He put out a project. I forget when it was. It's, I don't know if it was the summertime or, or I think it was the summer, beginning of summer, spring or something like that. Um, and it was produced exclusively from by Shamani XL. And Vegas, uh, we have a lot of tracks, unreleased tracks where, you know, I produced everything. Adrian's singing all the hooks and stuff like that. He even wanted an Italian hook. This is, goes way back around that time when we were doing that stuff. Um, I didn't do it. I didn't do a single thing. On, on the two tracks that are on his album where Adrian's singing, he I didn't produce nothing. I just engineered it. But I know my position. Like, 
it's 80 Empire. Whether I produce it and Adrian is, you know, Adrian didn't sing a single thing. And he came over and went, yo, I like that beat. Don't send that one. That one's kind of, eh. I know this guy's going to like that beat instead. Or, or add this little tinging sound. Or, or last year. Or Adrian singing and I just, I go, Adrian, add that harmony in there. That extra harmony sounds good. It's, you know, and I know my position as well. Where I don't have to produce everything for it to be, you know, if, if Dr. Dre wants Adrian on a hook and doesn't want me for shit, that's Dr. Dre. Hey, uh, can I just sit in and listen? Like, let me just, you know what I mean? Like well, around January and February of this year, um, we had the opportunity, we produced this record for Benny the Butcher and this guy, One Shot Ace. So I think the song's going to finally come out in the new year. I didn't do a damn thing. Like, because sometimes I'm like, I'm not pressing buttons, but I might bring a sample. I'm like, Lucas, I think we should use sample. I think you should do this, you know, but Lucas did the whole thing, but it's still me because it's like, we're like, it, it's, you know what I mean? It, it's, and we, we were, and that's the, again, back to your brother question. That's the great thing about brothers is it's us. It's just like, you know, if you really, you, family who really loves each other is proud of their family's accomplishments and feel like it's their own accomplishment, even if they didn't write the essay, even if they didn't write the exam or they didn't get the law school or they didn't build the house or whatever the shit may be. And so the same with, you know, with us, um, it, it's, it's the same thing, you know. Well, look at us going full circle. It's almost yeah. like this interview was planned, like we knew exactly where it was going to go. And I love, I love that sentiment, but my last question for you guys is probably the only question that I plan, probably going to be the hardest question that I ask, but if, and I'll, I'll get a different answer for each of you, or you can answer as AD empire up to you. I'm interested to see which way you go, but if you had to recommend one album that everybody should listen to at least once to get an appreciation of, it can't be your own music. It can be any genre. What would it be? I think, Shit. Uh, you know what? I think what's going on, Marvin Gaye, that, that whole album, because I think, you know, as a human race, we're so self-destructive. And what he was talking about in the 60s <laughs> is still going on today. Mama, mama, there's too many of us dying. I mean, especially on this side of the earth, you know, um, you know, like my brother and I dress like this. We go out. We have the advantage that our, our skin is, our complexion is, is, is light. So we are not accosted by the police like our black friends and peers are because of their color of skin. And the shit that Marvin Gaye's talking about in that album, it's still going on. And I hate to say it, like the way we are as humans, probably going to go on for another hundred years if, if the world doesn't implode. So I just think that's a quintessential album for people to just hear like sheer musicianship and, 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 but just like a message, like it's just a universal theme, you know, um, in, in that album. So I'd recommend that album by Marvin Gaye. I'm, this is hard because I have it so many, hard. but. Uh, Tupac I, I, was going to be my second one. Sorry. I had to throw that in there. <laughs> Which one? Tupac. All eyes on me. I think was me. My, my, I'm going to say. Cause it had such a profound effect on me as a producer will be chronic 2001. I just feel like, like the whole album from front to end, you know, there was one or two maybe gap fillers where you, 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 you know, you listen to it, but for like, I mean, there was 
like smash after smash. And I, you know, I was always influenced by that West Coast sound, uh, even though there's so many East Coast records, probably more records I like from the East Coast, but I was heavily influenced with that, having like a live bass player on a big do, you know, and because I'm a keyboard player, a lot of production when I was younger, I would always do like the Dre chords and try to create that kind of thing. So I, I would say, you know, and then I bought the, the, the instrumental where it was the only, the, that was the only album I think to date in hip hop or at the time to come up where Dre came out with the instrumental album where you could just bang that shit in your car. And I remember when that, and I would try to sample a drum kit here or there. I could never, you know, like, cause it was so in your face. So for me, Personally, I think I think that would be the the chronic album, and then uh, you know, and a second close would be Nas, like like just what Ilmatic. he did, Illmatic. Like like it's hard for me, but I, I'll go with my gut and I'll go with Dre for that. But then nice. the songs from the Key of Life, Stevie Wonder, songs from the Key of Life was, in... oh God, ah! no, I'll stick with Dre. I'm sticking with Dre. Well, I think both. Fantastic choices. So interesting to me, whoever anyone chooses. Like it, it, it honestly now, you know, 70 plus episodes, I think it's 80 plus episodes. People will have a long catalog to go through in terms of people's choices. And, you know, I, I agree with you both uh, in both your sentiments as well. Um, and that's the thing I love about hip hop is you can listen to nineties hip hop and they're talking about the same things that are still happen. You talk about listen to, 80s hip hop and it's exactly the same thing and it's so weird to be like you know the black lives matter movement is just a reciprocation of everything that was being discussed 30 years ago it's exactly Absolutely. the same it hasn't Absolutely. changed and that's on. that's the weird thing is like i feel like people sometimes and people who are not into hip hop misinterpret what hip hop actually is and Big what time. it stands for rather than they see the bling and they see, you know, the imagery and they see, you know, the violence and they see that, you know, what you essentially what you see on the news is the sexy stuff that people like to talk about. What they're not seeing is all the messaging behind it. Absolutely. Big time. If people listen to the lyrics, they would understand, like really, really listen to it. Cause people don't, Oh, that's just, just garbage. And I'm not, no. When you listen to what, what they're talking about, man, it's some, it's some real shit. They're talking about real, real stories. You just, you're just, you're, you're closed minded that you hear it. It's loud. You hear the N word, you hear the F word and all the shit. And you're fucking going, nah, I know it's not for me. Well, you know, you could say the same thing about rock music, but if you, if you get past the, if somebody has a stereotype on heavy metal guitars and yelling and you listen to what some of these guys are saying, it's some deep shit. It's the same thing. You know, really, really take it for what it is. Like, and like you said, James Brown was rapping in 1968 saying, say loud, I'm black and I'm proud. That That's, you know, and not, not much has changed from what Marvin Gaye was saying, what James Brown was saying, what NWA were saying in 1989. Fuck, it's 2021. And really, have we, technology has, has advanced, but have we really advanced as human beings? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm being a fatalist right now, but I don't know. I, I think we have. I think I think this younger generation have more of a tolerance for for individuality and expression. I think that's great. And hopefully, you know what I mean. But it's man, hard to unhate or unteach hate. You yeah, know, it becomes yeah. such a, a, um, a um, 
it becomes so much of what people are, and especially in the United States, you know, really anywhere in the world, it's really hard to, to un, and, and, you know, like, that's the thing with us, like, we've been very lucky that our parents, like, first of all, we're in biracial relationship, my, my wife is half Trinidadian, half German, but on the German side, there's a little bit of Russian, there's a little bit of Ukrainian, like on the, you know, because Back then, you know, people were escaping Germany and going to Russia or vice versa, you know. Um, so, you know, but my kids are blonde and blue-eyed, you know. But my wife's mom is Trinidadian, you know what I mean? And I've got the Mediterranean skin. But I just think we've been very lucky, uh, Lucas and I, to grow up in a household where our parents, like, we never were raised with our parents saying, don't hang around that person because they're not Italian or because they're Jewish, or because they're Muslim, or because they're Hindu, or because they're black, or because they're Asian. Like, we just grew up in a very loving and accepting household. Thank goodness. Because we're like that as people, man. We look at the good in people. Like, you don't have to be Canadian or Italian to be our friend. If you're a good person, we don't give a shit where you're from, who you are. Like, you're invited at our dinner table. You know, it's just as long as you stand for for good. Like, if you're an asshole, I, I, you could be the most Italian person if you're a racist. Screw you, man. I, I'm, you know, like we don't want to have anything to do with you. It, I don't care if your last name ends in a vowel. It doesn't mean that, you know, we Half might have similar last Half names. Half of our family members are assholes. So yeah, man. You know, we might have similar last names, but it doesn't mean that we have the same ideologies. It's a totally, totally different thing. You well, know? I think exposure is the big thing. Like, I feel it, it, everything that I hear is like when you grow up with people from different backgrounds you are more accepting and more tolerant because exactly. it's not the different. You see right. the similarities, you see the same, because I think inherently people are generally, we're all similar in a way. Absolutely. We're all so Absolutely. similar. And so Absolutely. when you're exposed to different cultures, you're like, oh, I see how similar you are to me because the things that your family does, I do, but slightly differently. And like, we can talk and it's like, you're learning. Like I love Italians and Greeks because they're so similar to Russians, like in terms of yeah. mindset and stuff like that. Like it's interesting to me, but it's the same with everybody. And you know, it's, it's just, and there's an amazing podcast I listened to like five years ago or something, Joe Rogan, everyone hates when anyone brings up Joe Rogan, but he interviewed a guy and he, I think he was an R and B singer, or a soul singer. And he became an African-American guy and he started talking to KKK people and he actually converts KKK members out of the KKK. And he's I, I remember thing, that, yeah. Un, un, amazing. I honestly forget what his name was, but one of the best interviews I've ever heard because he was like the difference between people who aren't racist is like they're just exposed to it. They've met, you know, African-Americans. They've met people from different cultures and when you meet someone it's very difficult to hate them because then you because it's not about them anymore it's it's yeah become a human rather than a symbol and i think that's the the real benefit of where we are is like we're getting exposed to more things and you know look at us we're white guys in hip-hop absolutely absolutely and it, it really is a I, I, it really is like that exposure and it's just a mind state you know a state of mind you know, um, and I, and, and it comes down to education and it also like exposing, like, again, like, you know, just speaking of you being Russian, like I remember when we were kids going to a Russian restaurant and they had all these Cossack dancers 
And we were the only Italian kids who knew what the hell a Cossack dancer was because our parents brought us to a Russian restaurant where the most of the Italian kids in the neighborhood didn't go anywhere. They just they ate didn't go, they didn't go anywhere. They spaghetti they, and meatballs in their basement. And that's not stereotyping. We could say that because we're Italian, because that was the mindset of a lot of Italian immigrants that came to Toronto. Like, OK, you just kind of eat your own food and you just kind of sit in your own basement and this and that. But our parents, even though they came from that, you know, my parents were very like like they were very cultured and loved the arts. And my parents loved our parents loved black music. So they were the ones who, as kids, like, you know, our dad would bring home soul records and hip hop records. We used to watch BET with our mom in high school and friends would come over and they're like, yo, your mom, like, you know, so our, it just, we're lucky. Like, you know, when Bone Crusher, the last time he came to Canada, he stayed at Luke's house. He met our mom. Like we call our mom gangster peace. Like, yo, what up gangster peace? So it's just, we grew up very like accepting of different, we were exposed in a good way to, to cultures. And that's if you're a piece of, if you're a nice person, it's because you're a nice person. If you're a piece of shit, it's because you're a piece of shit. It has nothing to do with your ethnicity, your religion, your choices. As long as your choices are are with are good and not of hate, you're you're good in my books. I don't give a shit who you love, what you love, how you love it. As long as you love it with love and respect, and you're a good person. One love, one love, one love. What? Yeah. Well, I think there's no better way to end than that. Uh, obviously, I appreciate you both coming on the show. 80 Empire, absolutely fantastic to speak with you both. As we said, kicking some amazing goals, working with some unbelievable artists. If you haven't heard their most recent album, please make sure you check it out. Projects are coming. They are definitely coming, as we heard. You know, you guys are absolutely nailing it, and you're getting some recognition, as you both deserve. But is there anything else you both wanted to plug or anything you wanted to shout out before we finish up? You know, man, I just, Aaron, thank you to having us on your, yeah, on yeah. your platform, man, because we don't take it lightly. You know, you're, you're all the way on the other, like you said, like because of the internet and stuff, um, you're on the other side of the world and, and you took the time to, to, to find our project and, and to inquire about having us on your show. So, you know what, man, shout out to you. Shout man, out to you for having for, us on. Yeah. Yeah. For, for doing your thing and for having us on to talk about what we do, man. We really appreciate it. Well, it's absolutely my pleasure. Um, and also hopefully you feel better and hopefully you can, you know, five hour flight sounds long, but maybe you can come down to Australia. I think it's like 18 hours. It's going to be a big, I, you know what? Uh, I'd uh, love to. My wife has family down there. We've, so I haven't so been does my yet. Wife. So does Adrian's wife. So, so we, we'd love to, I would love to, that's a place that I want to we'll go watch Joe Avati together. Yeah. No, we'll, we'll do this. In, we'll, the next podcast with you, we'll do it in person. Let's do it. I've got the studio ready to go. I've got the count yeah, for you both. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait. And as I said, absolute pleasure. Thank you, Thank you Aaron. Pleasure was ours. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news. Also, don't forget to check out my Patreon under hip hop hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show. Bye for now.